This is Laura looking for love, and it's time for another story. Several weeks ago, I did a podcast called The Cell Window. It was inspired by a friend who is currently in prison. Well, I sent him a type transcript of that podcast. He wrote back that he really liked it, he shared it with some of his friends, and he requested that I send him more. So I did, but today I wanted to particularly dedicate this episode to him and his friends who are serving their time but I also want to dedicate it to those who have been harmed by any of their actions and also to those listening who feel broken with their backs against the wall. This one is about faith. So when I was about to turn 40, I decided that I wanted to celebrate, not with a huge party, but by taking a trip, driving cross-country from Los Angeles to Savannah, Georgia, just me and my little Chihuahua Chucho. So I end up in Memphis, Tennessee, on my actual birthday, and I shared some of that story in my podcast, Walking Toward Familiar, but what I didn't share was what happened after that. The day after my 40th birthday, as I'm leaving Memphis to head off to Atlanta, I decide to go to church. I've always wanted to attend a Southern Gospel service to hear the music and feel the enthusiasm, and so I go to the largest church in Memphis, this huge space of worship, and as I enter... I can see the attention being drawn to me. Not in a rude way, but in a way that is very aware that I am a visitor, a newbie. So I find my seat, and as the service starts, the music fills the room. People are singing and clapping and moving, and after several songs, the pastor takes his place at the podium and starts preaching like it's his last day on earth with everything he's got. And at one point, he has us repeat, I believe! I can't remember what we were believing, but I remember I was chanting too. He says, turn to your neighbor and tell them, I believe. And as I turn to my neighbor, a young woman with a warm and smiling face, we say to each other, I believe. So as the sermon continues, the pastor says, who here is ready to change their lives? And as he says this, these bald black men in suits come to each end of the aisle and extend one arm out to us. And these men have such a presence that you literally want to walk toward them. And he keeps saying the word change, and I think, I'm in Memphis. I just turned 40. Yeah, I want to change. So I take a deep breath, stand up, and start walking toward the bald black men in suits. And even though I'm not the only one walking down that aisle, The whole congregation is only looking at me, the Asian girl that fell from the sky. As soon as I get to the end of the aisle, a woman takes my arm and whispers in my ear, Are you ready to take Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? And I think, Oh shit, I'm about to convert. And as obvious as it may seem that I'm stepping toward a conversion, I wasn't raised in the church. I'm not aware of the culture. I thought I was only going up there for a blessing and to make a commitment to myself. So once I realize this, I have to make a split decision. I immediately turn back to see who's looking, and there are literally hundreds of smiling faces nodding at me in encouragement. So I turn back to the lady and answer her question with a simple nod. I get up to the pastor who says something to me that I can't remember, and they begin to whisk me off to another room. I say, oh no, sorry! I want to stay in the big room to hear the gospel music, and also I left my purse. 
and as I say this, my neighbor, who shared the I Believe chanting with me, walks up with my purse in her hand, smiling. So my purse and I get to the small room with about 15 other people, and one of the bald black men in the suits is standing at the front. He starts with a question, who here has never asked God for forgiveness? And as if I'm possessed by stupidity, I raise my hand. Again, I'm the only one with my hand raised, and all eyes are on me. He asks me to stand up and walk toward him. He tells me to repeat after him, and so I repeat after him. And when it's all over, he says, Hallelujah, you're saved. And the other fifteen people start saying Hallelujah. And when I leave the room a bit dazed, people are waving and smiling at me as if I were a reality star. I immediately get on the phone, calling friends and family, telling them that I just accidentally converted. And even though they thought the story was hilarious, there was a part of me that wonders if there was a better way to have dealt with that situation. I think, was it wrong? Eventually, I put it off to the side and continue on my journey through Atlanta and eventually ending up in Savannah, Georgia. And in Savannah, I make it a point to visit the oldest African-American Baptist church in the country. I sign up for a tour, and because it's a small tour, we're asked to introduce ourselves. And people are very curious about me, being this interesting Asian-American girl traveling cross-country with her dog. So by the time we get to the basement of the church, I've already made friends. This basement is a very special space. It has turned into a small museum of artifacts and photos. But it was also once part of the Underground Railroad. So it has a ton of history. And like most things with a lot of history, energy is usually really strong. And being sensitive to energy, I start to feel very dizzy. I say, are you guys feeling dizzy? There are some spirits hanging out in here. Well, that was the wrong thing to say. All heads turn to me, eyes wide, and the pastor says, Laura, let me ask you a question. If you were to die tomorrow, would you go to heaven or to hell? Well, having my own information about what is beyond this lifetime, I can say things in my own way, but I want to be respectful of his views, so I answer in the context of what I'm given, and I say, heaven. He then asks, do you know or do you think? And because I'm answering in the context of his information, I say, I think. And he says, Laura, you see, if I die tomorrow, I know I'm going to heaven because I've taken Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And then he says, Laura, are you ready to take Jesus as your Lord and Savior? I can feel another conversion coming, so I say, Oh, Pastor, actually, I've already been saved. And one of my new friends says, Laura, who said you were saved? I say, The people at the church in Memphis. They all said I was saved. And my friend and all the other people tilt their head at the statement, roll their eyes, and say, Mm-hmm with a look of extreme doubt that I had been saved in Memphis. You see, they want to save me right there in Savannah. So I take another deep breath, knowing what's coming, and the pastor says, Laura, repeat after me. When it's over, he grabs my head, pulls it into his chest, rubs my forehead in the most nurturing embrace, as if I were his granddaughter, although he's only a few years older than me. And my new friends say hallelujah as they wipe away their tears. And one of them says, we almost didn't come to this tour. Something told me to be here today, right now for this. 
We leave the basement to enter another room where a small Bible study is being held, and the pastor announces that I have just been saved. And the room cheers, and I hear hallelujah and praise Jesus. And the more they say hallelujah, the more I am immersed again in this moral quandary of my second accidental conversion. I feel like a fraud because I know my spiritual truth, and it doesn't fit in the box of any one religion. But just because I don't fit in one particular box doesn't mean I can't learn from it and appreciate its effects on humanity. And so while I look at my new friends in their tears and in their joy for witnessing my conversion, people whose ancestors were once slaves possibly even passing through these very hallways toward the hope of freedom, I suddenly understand why I allowed for it to happen, both in Memphis and again in Savannah. Sometimes, when we care about people, we go out of our way and even pretend so that they can believe in something that causes them joy. It's like wanting our children to believe in Santa Claus. We so often turn away from people, reject people, fear people, and I just couldn't bear to do that here, with people who are opening their hearts to me. And in this moment, I can feel the sincere love from them to me and from me to them. I know they wanted to save my soul, and I wanted to give them the opportunity to save it. And really, there is no such thing as real or unreal, black or white, right or wrong. Everything is a spectrum. In the end, my accidental conversions were no accident. They were intersections of humanity, a miraculous space where we exchanged the gift of faith. And if there's one thing that has kept generations of people moving forward in times of hardship, from enslavement to imprisonment to torture, it is faith. If we are to get through this human experience, we must have faith and be open to those who are wanting to gift it to us. So have a good week. I will be back here next Friday. And the next time someone turns to you, arms extended, try not to go into fear mode if it feels unfamiliar. The land of unfamiliar is where you'll find all the gold. <laughs>